Uh, just get him snack like. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, what he's saying is that footage would be good for part of the promo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he so he chews and all sorts yeah. of stuff while right 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 into the mic, so it's fine. Testing, testing. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Shall we? Go ahead. Right. When you open the door for somebody else. Welcome back to the vaccine conversation with Melissa and Dr. Bob. I almost said Dr. Bob. <laughs> you almost forgot with, my name. Uh, Melissa and Dr. Bob, yes. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Um, we have been gone a little bit. We've The last few weeks, we've uh, we only posted, I think, one episode a week. Uh, you know, shame, and, shame. And, We've gotten super busy, you guys. Like, I don't know, life is getting very complicated. A lot of stuff is going on. Um, Melissa and I have some great plans, which she just told me I can't tell you about <laughs> until next week. So, I'm so demanding. So, so I'm not telling the podcasting audience what the big plans are, but there are big no plans. No one will ever know. <laughs> well, they'll know, they'll know next week. All right. She next said week. I could say it next week, but I don't know why I'm talking about it because this is kind of your, <laughs> this is like your, your baby, your, uh, your idea that also, no, Melissa's not having a wait, new baby. Also, why are you talking about it when you can't tell them about it? I know. Well, that's, that's the fun of it. Yeah, okay. That's the fun of podcasts. Stay tuned. All right. Anyway, so, well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome. Yeah, I, I just did want to say, I just, you know, I'm sorry for, again, like not, you know, posting as many shows lately, but uh, we hope you've, uh, you were uh, getting you know, a lot of value out of the, the last few episodes and, um, and I didn't, I totally didn't realize it was vaccine injury awareness, like month. October. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, our, our podcast that, uh, I, I think, I don't know if we purposely did that or not, but uh, like all oh, the yeah. last episodes were devoted to that I think Now we're kind of moving into some other things. I think, uh, some other ideas. But that interview with Barbara was so good. Oh, Wasn't that so yeah. good? I've gotten so many comments on that. Yeah. I actually haven't listened to him yet. What? I totally haven't. I took like a, a week off from listening oh, to our so podcast. Good. They're so, so good. Yeah, She's so anyway. good. I love her. Well, how have you well, been? Melissa? I've been okay. And I'm excited about today's topic because um, I get so many, I've gotten hundreds of comments about our immunity episode we did in season one that talked about vitamin C and ways to stay healthy and how do you keep your immune system strong for your kids, yourself. So vitamin D has been a big thing people talk about. And then recently there, there were these two articles about vitamin D and influenza and what is better or what keeps you healthier. And then there was this article written by Dr. Mercola about how vitamin D is actually more effective than the flu vaccine. I shared it and it was shared 3,000 times oh, Wow! within one evening. Wow. It's because I didn't share it. Exactly. Yes. And Actually, so it was, I tell mean, people about that. that well, yeah. Yes. Because as you guys know, in our censorship um, article, like certain things and certain people get sort of blocked from the algorithms for Facebook for sharing what shows up on news feeds. And so even if you follow someone, they block certain people and their content from showing up on your newsfeed for you to see it and, and potentially share it. Um, if it is something that is questioning in any way, the vaccine program. Mm -hmm. So we've seen that happen and that happened yeah. to me and it happens obviously to your page so when you share my stuff that puts me on the radar yeah and then my stuff would just be like sharing everywhere and then all of a sudden drop to nothing yeah so i don't share much of your stuff anymore for that purpose because i because don't want to like shut it, it down <laughs> because <laughs> you just don't like my content so this this thing was getting shared everywhere and then all of a sudden when people anybody who shared it got a notification from facebook this uh this article is proven not to be true and it had some like if you want to find out more information about the flu vaccine, visit the CDC website. And they actually had like a pop-up, a full-on notification. And then all of a sudden, the shares went to zero. Like it went from like yeah. three, like totally flying around to nothing. And so we're going to go into that article because it's long and very well sourced and has a, has a lot of information, a lot of studies that were talked about specifically about vitamin D and how and why it is more effective than the flu vaccine. And of course, they can censor the article being shared, but let's talk about the actual information. So I've been really interested in this topic before. Um, 
I get a lot of people commenting, asking what brand of vitamin C, vitamin D you use, asking more about the vitamin C protocol and things like that. So I know this is important to our listeners, Mm -hmm. even though vaccines are our topic. There's also this idea of how do you stay healthy? And my big thing has always been vitamin D is the most amazing preventative that you can use. And the only one that I use as a preventative. Um, And so this article by Dr. McCullough is great. And it, um, let me see if I have the actual title of it. Do you have that one? Well, I have. Uh, yeah, actually printed off of his his site, uh, Mercola.com. Oh, yeah. Vitamin D is more effective than right. flu vaccine, study says. That's right. Sorry, I had my Harvard study covering that. <laughs> and this, this article is so great. So this was um, 2017, I think, when it originally came out. But it's so, so effective now as far as what it's talking about. So what he starts by saying is how the medical establishment says that the flu vaccine is the best way to fight off the flu. Right. This is what we hear. This is the commercial advertising is all about the flu vaccine is the best and really only way to fight the flu. Um, But what we already showed you guys earlier on in one of our earlier episodes in our we covered the the flu vaccine uh, multiple times is that we found in California state data that more than half of adults and children who had severe or fatal cases of influenza already had the flu vaccine. So this idea of you're going to have a milder case. The data doesn't support that. Right. Right. Remember that, that right. one yeah, we did? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, the misconception is that you make a vaccine, it gives you antibodies in your bloodstream, it must therefore magically work and totally prevent the disease and make it so you don't catch the disease or pass it along. Uh, what what researchers have realized and what the, what the Cochrane Database of Systematic Reviews uh, figured out in their research that we showed last year is is if you only look at flu vaccine research and you try to figure out what the, what research is actually proven about the flu vaccine, is actually proven very little. Like the flu vaccine actually doesn't do much at all, and at least as far as what they've been able to prove through research. Yeah, I I, mean, I, I think I feel like they they felt it might um, like reduce your chance of feeling sick from the flu slightly. Uh, but they've never been able to prove it prevents you from catching it and spreading it to others. So there's no public health benefit. So I want to make that very clear. Uh, overall, with all the hype, it gets the most hype of any vaccine and is the least effective of any vaccine. And and so you people need to stop making false research claims, essentially. Um, right. And the, the things that I want people to know kind of just off the top is that um, we like we said that the severe and fatal cases are showing over fifty percent already had the vaccine. The next thing is that this year's flu vaccine is is showing to be about nine percent effective, nine percent against the stronger strains, and this is based on the Australian, uh, you know, their their data based on uh, their flu yeah. vaccine and how it worked through their season. Yeah, but you know how they have to spin it. I got an email saying flu vaccine forty five percent effective this year. And then in parentheses against against one of the strains that's going around, which which again, if right. it's not the stronger strain, then isn't that the whole reason people are fearful of influenza? Yeah. Is if it's a strong strain, they could yeah. be hospitalized, they could have a secondary bacterial yeah. infection, and and potentially yeah. die. Right? This is the the big concern. That would be a strong strain. I know, but but it's just funny. Like overall, it's only what nine percent effective, but they have to. That's not a headline. They can't put that of in course. headlines. So they have to figure out. Okay, well, which strain is it super effective against? And we'll make that the headline line so that people don't lose faith. Sure. And then the other thing I want, the other two things I want you to know is that the flu vaccine can actually make you more susceptible to Mm -hmm. other serious respiratory infections. And this comes down to my last point, which is when people think they have the flu, most of the time they don't. Like it's 10 to 20% of these lab tests is what it showed with the state data actually come back positive for influenza, which means 80% up to 90% of these cases are another respiratory virus that would not be covered by the flu vaccine. So Mm -hmm. influenza is not everybody's quote unquote flu that you think you have. And if the flu vaccine can make you more susceptible to respiratory infections, like based on that Canadian study um, in 2012, if that can, if that's happening and those respiratory infections are, are all around you, then you have a real risk of having some kind Mm -hmm. of uh, illness that the flu vaccine is not going to help. So Dr. Mercola kind of goes into this study, and we, I have the copy of the actual study, but um, by Dr. John Cannell, 
uh, who's the founder founder of the Vitamin D Council. And he was kind of the first one, according to this, that really started talking about the idea of a vitamin D deficiency and how that's related to respiratory infections like influenza. Mm -hmm. I I saw him uh, talk. You did? Actually, yeah, he he came to uh, one of the uh, integrative medicine seminars I went to um, maybe like 10 years ago. And yeah, he, he was the, the first person I've ever, ever seen talk about um, how amazing vitamin D is and what it really does. And so it was kind of fun to see, uh, see you know, kind of him, you know, talked about in this research and then in even in a more recent study, having seen him sort of present some of his very first findings many years ago. Because he's like, specializing like in this discussion about yeah, vitamin D and the yeah. deficiency and how it affects. And he goes into lots of details about exactly what happens with your fighter T cells and how they need the protein components and they go searching in the body for vitamin D. And if they don't find it, they do not initiate their response, which means they will not go in to try to heal you if you have an illness. So he published this hypothesis in 2006 and 2008 in medical journals. And later that year, the study confer- another study confirmed that these lower levels of vitamin D, uh, people that have those lower levels have more cases of cold or flu. And the quote is, the findings of our study support an important role for vitamin D in prevention of common respiratory infections, such as cold and the flu. It's not even just the flu. It's all types of sicknesses that can happen. And... Um, Dr. John Connell kind of went into this idea of the seasonal hypothesis of how come the flu is only during the winter and it's not really during the summer. And what does the seasonal connection have to do with um, people getting the illness and spreading the illness and having um, the risk of influenza and why is it only during certain times? And of course, his answer is coming down to these lower levels of vitamin D during the winter time, which I know many people listening who have been holistically involved know. But um, another study talked about Uh, that covered 25 studies. It was a scientific review, right? They had 11,000 subjects in a dozen countries. And they said that people who took daily or weekly vitamin D supplements were less less likely to report acute respiratory infections. Again, this is the, it's not just influenza, right? We're worried about acute, meaning strong respiratory infections because uh, again, those can turn into secondary bacterial infections that can turn into a serious complication, potentially death for some people. Well, can I let me uh, emphasize something you just said? Um, Because there's basically three ways to take vitamin D. You can take it every day. You can take like a whole week's worth once a week. Or some people have actually looked at taking like a whole month's worth once a month. Huge bolus doses. Mm -hmm. And they actually uh, specify in the in the article here that they've actually found that like once a month bolus large doses doesn't seem to be as preventive as, daily as or the weekly. daily or weekly smaller doses. So I, I think we used to, I used to actually tell people, yeah, you know, take it, you know, once or twice a month, just take a whole bunch. But yeah, the research on prevention might not actually uh, bear that out. So yeah, look at daily or maybe no more than a, you know, weekly dosing if you want to get the benefit. And I know it's worked for my family and friends that I've told about and all that stuff. So, you know, there are, there are thousands of anecdotes about <clears throat> vitamin D and how it really prevents uh, sickness. And especially for kids that are exposed to sickness all the time, which is what we want to do as parents, right? We want to avoid the kids getting sick, not just make right. their sickness go right. away quickly once they get it. We want to eventually avoid them getting sick altogether. But I found this really interesting when he goes in to talk about the um, the NNT number. And is this a number, that, is this something that you utilize in your practice, like often, like as far as your training and, and understanding, like what this means and how it affects people or, or what is advantageous and not advantageous based on this, this NNT number is called your number needed to treat. How many people would you need to treat to spare one person from mm. being infected with something? Yeah. Like how many people would you have to give a flu shot to in order to spare one person from, from getting. getting the flu? Right. And you studied yeah. this. Yes. Like, yeah, this was, we studied some, we don't use it a lot. And this number, so for the flu vaccine, this number is 40. 40 people need to get the flu vaccine to save one person from getting influenza. Right, right. And I remember some of the old uh, Cochrane data that we talked about um, last year. I'm going to get the number wrong, but they actually looked at what is the number needed to treat as far as vaccinating hospital employees in order to protect one patient from getting the flu. Mm -hmm. And and knowing that the vaccine doesn't actually even prevent you from catching the flu, or 
a hospital employee getting a vaccine for the flu doesn't prevent that hospital employee from catching it and spreading to a patient. Right. So it shouldn't even help at all. But they kind of hypothesized, well, what if it did help a little bit? They actually found you, you need to like vaccinate like, I don't know, many thousands of hospital wow. employees in order to prevent one patient from getting the flu from the, from a hospital employee. It's something just outrageous, something that would, would completely not justify Everybody having mandatory it. vaccination policies for hospital uh, employees. Yeah. And so according to this, 40 people need to receive the flu vaccine. But interestingly, only 33 people have to take vitamin D to save one person from influenza. Huh. So it's actually more advantageous for people to supplement with vitamin D than even get the flu vaccine to protect other people from getting influenza. That is like a crazy statistic to think that the flu vaccine, you're going to require so many people to need it just to prevent one person from getting it. And you could just supplement with a vitamin that's natural with no side effects. I mean, you know, even in high doses, I mean, you have to get to a very high number for this to be considered, you know, potentially risky. Mm -hmm. And then what's even crazier is if you have an extreme vitamin D deficiency, that number to treat is only four. That means only yeah. four people need to, to supplement with vitamin D to keep the spread of influenza to keep that person safe. I mean, four, that is like almost yeah. nothing. So they're basically their conclusion is that vitamin D supplementation is 10 times more effective in that circumstance mm-hmm. than the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Basically, if you have a bunch of vitamin D deficient patients and you just boost their vitamin D levels, that is, like you said, 10 times more effective than if you gave all those D deficient patients, just a flu shot. Right. Yeah. And then people think how, how common is vitamin D deficiency? It's like, it's actually very common. Tell me. I just had my level tested. Okay. Were you deficient? Yeah. So I had it tested like five years ago and I was good. I was like in the, in the forties. It's it's good if you could be like in the sixties to Mm -hmm. eighties. Um, but I was in the forties. I was kind of decent. I just had it tested and, um, a lot of my, all my other lab work actually looked very good, but my vitamin D level was uh, 25. So basically 30 or less is, is uh, deficient and 20 or less is severely deficient. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was a 25 and that is, that is, is very deficient. I mean, it's way lower than it should be. And so I immediately Supplement. took a bunch you know, that day. And so, but actually I didn't know, I would have just taken a bunch once a month, Right. but you showed me this article. So now I know I actually should just take a good dose every day. Well, according to this, so I'll keep you guys, you know, updated. I'll <laughs> Everybody wants to know your later. vitamin D levels. <laughs> um, it's estimated that about a billion people worldwide have low levels of vitamin D. Um, and it says about 42% of adults are vitamin D deficient. That's like almost yeah. half, and yeah. this is just in the U.S., almost half of U.S. adults are deficient in vitamin D, which makes a lot more sense why people are so sickly all the time. And again, that sickness is now affecting other people because now you're pre- you could be a healthy individual presented with it. You're presented with it so much more now because people are more sick, and then you have a, an increased likelihood to also get sick as well because the, you know, the odds are sort of against you. But I, th- I found this super interesting that like racially this makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So saying that about 72% of Hispanic people are vitamin D deficient, 70%. And over 82% of African-Americans are vitamin D deficient. And that has to do Mm -hmm. with the tone of the skin and the ability to actually take in vitamin D from the sun. Mm -hmm. And that's something that listeners are, you know, if you're listening and that's one of your categories, you might need to think about supplementing when you hadn't thought about it before. um, Because statistically... According to the PubMed, uh, PubMed article, Prevalence and Correlates of Vitamin D Deficiency in U.S. Adults, this is 2011, um, there are high numbers of individuals with low levels of vitamin D. And just like anything mm-hmm. else, yeah. what they recommend to be like your level, oh, a thousand IUs a day is like way too low for most people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so doctors are not even recommending the right amounts um, to be taking. So most people are going to be lower because if they're taking a multivitamin, it has like a low amount. And then some people are kind of, you know, uh, under the school that you should be getting it all from sunlight, um, which like happens for some, but doesn't happen for others. And so I feel like it's relatively safe to be supplementing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very much in favor of of kind of looking at nature and, and how does the natural process work? And so for me, I am very much in favor of sunlight right. for people. Yeah, you, you they've been able to prove that repeated sunburns raises your risk of cancer, but they have actually not proven that just 
regular sun exposure raises your risk of cancer. All you have to do is prevent is keep yourself from getting sunburned, really, mm-hmm. if you want to, um, you know, not overdo it on the sun. I mean, I feel like um, it all starts in pregnancy. You should get sunlight. You should get a good amount of sunlight in pregnancy so that pregnant mom has a lot of vitamin D. But you have that little baby. You know, I, I mean, I, I laugh, but I was one of these parents. You would literally put a blanket over your baby when you step outside because, you know, God forbid the direct sun actually shine on your baby's skin. Your mm. baby's going to melt. You see parents literally like running to the car, sh- you know, sh- <laughs> shadowing, like keeping their baby in shadow because they've been trained. Sunlight cannot touch your baby. I think the opposite is true. I think moms should nurse their babies outside. You know, spend, you know, like nurse on one breast outside. So the baby gets 10 or 15 minutes of direct sunlight. The mom's body is keeping the baby warm. The baby can be totally naked. So the baby's getting covered in sunlight for Wait, 10 or 15 minutes. Are we going to have to bleep that word out? Uh, no, I know. Right? <laughs> um, and so I, I've started kidding. telling, you know, patients this, if I remember, or they ask about it, you know, nurse outside. Yeah, you can't sit outside with your baby for an hour or two. They'll totally get burned. But if you have repeated... 10 to 15 minute, you know, Exposure, periods of exposures, yeah. that is critical for a newborn baby to start generating that vitamin D. And then you want to continue that, you know, throughout your, uh, throughout your childhood. And it says that there are these risk factors for vitamin D deficiency. So this is for our listeners, in case you want to know what could push you in that category, having dark skin, elderly, if you're elderly, being overweight or obese, not eating much fish or dairy, living far from the equator where there's little sun year round, always using sunscreen when going out or staying indoors, not getting that Mm -hmm. natural sun exposure. So if you fall into any of those categories, you might want to look into where your vitamin D levels are. And that could be a reason why you're getting sick all the time if you're one of these people who gets sick more often than you used to. Um, And and those levels, like you're saying, you were just tested not that long ago. Those levels can change uh, very frequently. So you kind of want to be on top of how you're feeling and how easily you feel you're getting sick to make sure your levels are in a good place. Can I, uh, though... uh caution people about dairy. Uh, Milk actually does not have vitamin D in it just naturally. They have to add it. Right. And so it's vitamin D fortified milk. But the, the amount of vitamin D in like one cup of milk is only maybe about five to 10% of what, of what a person really needs in a day. So you're not getting much vitamin sure. D in milk. Um, Supplementary. So, right, right. So it's, it's a little bit, but that it's not like, oh, I drink, you know, a glass of milk every day. I'm fine on my vitamin D. You're actually getting very little that yeah. way. You have to really rely on it uh, through other means. And some people use cod liver oil. As a a way to supplement really easily. Um, So there was another study in 2010 that had over 400 children. Now, this was a double-blind placebo-controlled study. Okay, so it showed that this this I found was so interesting. It showed children who supplemented with vitamin D, and they were getting 1,200 IUs. Um, They were 42% less likely, almost 50% less likely, to come down with influenza A. Hmm. 42% 42% wow. just by getting 1,200 That's more IUs. effective than the flu vaccine. Way right? more. I mean, 42%, <laughs> yeah. that is, yeah. and with no risk of side effect at that point. They were having a very low dose. And that, and again, if it's working for influenza A, you know it's working for other respiratory illnesses and mm-hmm. other sicknesses that come yeah. around during school time. Wouldn't everybody kind of want less school children sick, <laughs> right? Yeah. Especially yeah. around fall and winter time. Everybody's out. It affects everybody because somebody comes to school sick, you pass it to these other people. Now those people bring it back to their homes, passes to them. People have to miss out on work. They've done all these studies about yeah. money lost because of these illnesses. That's why you're supposed to get the vaccine to save society all this money. But if you could yeah. do the same thing and be more effective in that process by just supplementing with a vitamin and not just influenza, but all the other respiratory illnesses, doesn't that seem like that should be the go-to, I mean, wouldn't the CDC and the World Health Organization, shouldn't they be looking at this? Isn't this like the kind of information they should be trying to get out to people to have them and encourage them to be healthier um, in theory, right? Isn't that the idea? But that's not what happens. I know. It should be. Should be. Um, Can I um, uh, mention real quick, maybe just for the science geeks out there, for the physiology geeks or immunology, um, I like John Cannell's initial... uh, article, and again, we'll give you links to this, he kind of describes actually like scientifically what vitamin D is doing. Um, And so everyone should know it is a hormone. It's not actually a vitamin. Excuse me. Um, 
and it's in your skin. It basically lives underneath your skin. And when the sun shines on your skin, it changes the inactive vitamin D into, into an active hormone. So that hormone flows through your body and it's called an immune system modulator. And what it does, it, 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 it prevents your immune system from releasing uh, excessive inflammatory, inflammatory cytokines. And so um, <clears throat> it prevents inflammation. So the, the immune system doesn't overreact to things. But then it actually increases the ability of macrophages, which are like the, the white blood cells that kind of live in the linings of things. They're the, the first white blood cells to attack something. Vitamin D actually helps macrophages uh, attack germs and, and secrete all their you know, germ-killing chemicals uh, all over the germs and kill them like right at the, the point of entry. Um, and, uh, and then it also actually acts vitamin D. I just find this fascinating vitamin D as a hormone. It, 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 you know, attaches to the outside of white blood cells and it, it sends a, a signal into the, into the, like the genes of the white blood cells and the genes in the white blood cells turn on and start telling the white blood cells to start producing antimicrobial peptides, which are proteins that kill germs. And essentially it, it, so it's like the vitamin D itself isn't doing anything like a lot of antioxidants, like vitamin C or, or certain things will maybe like have a more direct effect on the germs. Vitamin D essentially makes your own immune system have the direct effect on the germs. And it, it makes uh, four, you know, five different types of white blood cells uh, turn on and then start attacking things. So I just kind of, I don't know, I kind of find that a little fascinating. I love how uh, Dr. Cannell kind of, uh, you know, started writing about this again 13 years ago. Um, and um, interesting back then, and it's still interesting. Today. Are you fascinated? And it, well, no, this is called the epi- this is called Epidemic Influenza and Vitamin D, and this is 2006, and mm-hmm. then published again in t- later in 2008. It was adapted. So, uh, this is the article he's talking about. Yeah, in the article, another thing I find really interesting as he goes into breaking down the science behind what vitamin D does and how it affects those T cells. Um, he talks about how, you know, this idea of the seasonal concept of influenza and um, how they were saying, well, people congregate indoors during the winter, right? That's why uh, in the, the flu passes around during the winter. But what they proved in some earlier research is people still congregate indoors during the summer. They actually looked yeah. at human behavior and saw the same patterns. People still, I mean, people still go to work. People still have um, church and different things that they're doing with, and grocery stores and all those types of things. And, um, but what they found was that summertime deaths due to influenza uh, are extremely rare, huh. except during pandemics. But even during pandemics, most deaths occur during the colder months. So even though influenza, you're, you're, you're together in these, um, you're congregating together, people weren't dying from the flu. Okay. Right. Which is really what everybody worries about, right? People aren't right. just worried about getting it. They're worried about dying from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So during the winter when you're indoors, when you're getting less sunlight, because you're, right. you're, you're dressed in long clothing. So when you are outside, you're, you're still covered up. Right. So you're not getting nearly as much vitamin D in the, in the wintertime. And that's why more people are dying in the winter. And they kind of discovered that early on. Yeah, exactly. And so that, that's why his theory of vitamin D predicted these observations that they saw, which was suppressing that cytokine response. And um, during the summer, that UVB radiation is what kind of induces that production of vitamin D. And it wasn't happening during the winter. And then this article, this this study goes into talking about even supplementing with 2000 IUs per day failed to achieve the vitamin D levels that they needed for certain people. And for some, they had to keep going higher and it depended on the race and other things like that. And uh, there were no side effects in all their testing that they did, um, except for, and this is so funny, it says no side effects other than an improved mood. <laughs> that was like listed as a side effect, which I'm sure most people would probably be totally fine yeah. having an improved um, mood. But they talked about how important the dose is and that kind of stuff and how even these pharmacological doses, how in the hospital, what they're suggesting is 
people that are treated and in that are actually like um, admitted to the hospital for respiratory illness should be given these super high doses, 1,000 to 2,000 IUs per kilogram per day for several days to treat the viral respiratory infection, especially in the wintertime, meaning this would be a new type of treatment for hospital staff and for medical staff, which is not something you hear people talking about. Yeah. And even though giving such a huge dose, they don't, they think might not prevent problems, but you're talking actually treatment once you're actively sick. Right. You take a big dose right at the beginning of that. Um, and I, I don't think they've concluded whether or not that's that's helping. They're they're saying they're, that this is something that they, people should look into. Right. It's a theoretical. Um, it, it is, but they said that they they're because the vitamin D had the ability to stimulate this those ancromi- those antimicrobial peptides, like you were talking about, that they should look into pharmacological doses as mm-hmm. a treatment specifically. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, if you don't have a vitamin D deficiency, you that's a preventative in itself. So you wouldn't even have you wouldn't even right. be there. Right. But if you're going to be there then you might as well, you could treat your body. You know, and Dr. Mercola has talked about these high doses as well. But, um, you know, in the conclusion of of Dr. Cannell's study, he says that vitamin D deficiency is endemic and it has been associated Mm -hmm. with many of the diseases of civilization. So when we look at the whole vaccine debate and we're talking about all the ways that we're trying to prevent disease, (laughs) control disease and not let diseases come back, he's literally saying, based in history, that we're talking about vitamin D deficiency, which is responsible for many diseases in people over time. And again, this is not something your doctor's coming to you and saying, or your pediatrician and saying, um, why don't you make sure your children are, in, you know, have good vitamin D um, dosing? Instead, they're like, are you up to date on all your vaccines? And that's what yeah. the well visit appointments yeah. are all about. They're all yeah. about that. Yeah. It's not actually about, is your child healthy enough to avoid getting infection and prevent these kind of diseases? Because, so I had a friend contact me recently about you know, I'm worried about the flu vaccine. Like I'm, she vaccinates and she fully and wants to, they're kind of on the fence on the flu vaccine this year. And I said, well, one, it's 9% effective this year against the stronger strains, but also healthy children and healthy adults don't die from influenza. Mm -hmm. Healthy children that have not been, and healthy adults that have not been given some other over-the-counter combination that kind of triggered a problem. Um, it's not normal for your body not to be able to fight it off unless you have some kind of rare condition, right? And right. in that rare condition, if your immune system is so compromised, wouldn't the goal be to get your immune system to a stronger position? And to get your immune system to a stronger place using vitamin D supplementation, then you're going to be able to fight off not just influenza, but everything else as well. And if you're immunocompromised, right. that's a big concern for you. Right. If you're not immunocompromised and you're a healthy individual, you shouldn't be dying of influenza. You might get it. Like my kids got some type of flu-like thing last um, new, around New Year's time, and it was like a four, three to four day process. Um, it was a stronger thing, but it wasn't. We never had to go to urgent care. We never had to go to the hospital. We never had to treat with over-the-counter um, remedies because we use natural remedies. But you should you shouldn't be afraid of influenza. In other words, and if they know right. that civilizations have died from these huge influenza outbreaks. And there's a way that we can actually make sure that society is stronger. I, I can't understand why this is not something Paul Offit's talking about. And this is not something Senator Pan and all these people are talking about how to make schools safer, not yeah. just for influenza, but all the other stuff going around. Yeah. Why not mandate vitamin D dosing yeah, for all school children? And make sure yeah. that doctors have notified you about your need to do that. And you have to get a letter signed from that physician that he has let you know about yes. all the pros and cons yeah. of vitamin D supplementation. But of course, that's not what happens. Right. And uh, the T cell thing that you were, that we were talking about, um, earlier is really interesting. And I encourage everybody to read this study if they want to go into the scientific stuff. And you mentioned the Cochrane report. So you're saying I can't go deeper into the science. You can't, but right, if, right, if there's a yeah, science geek out yeah. there that wants to, okay. they can. I'll do, I'll, <laughs> I'll do like a, a supplemental broadcast after Melissa leaves yes. today. And, uh, this, is, this, right. this blows my mind. It's too much for me. So, but the, <laughs> but the Cochrane report in 2012, you, you had, we've talked about this before. We have, we've what done three or four different episodes on the flu vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, The 2012 Cochrane Report says that the influenza vaccine has only a modest effect in reducing influenza symptoms and working days lost. But it says there is no evidence that they affect complications such as pneumonia Mm -hmm. and more importantly, or transmission. Right. And you gave this this quote in in our previous episode 
that this vaccine is not stopping the transmission of the flu virus. It is not stopping people from having complications. Again, that's what everybody's worried about. They're worried about it spreading and they're worried about getting complications and it turning into something else. This data is showing you that it is not actually connected to those two things. It is not going to help those circumstances. In other words, why do it? I mean, if you can supplement with vitamin D and get yourself to a healthy place and then, you know, like the washing of hands and staying out of public places when you're sick and all those kind of things, like, aren't there other ways maybe that we could stop the spread of the flu that don't, that don't involve all this like mass advertising at every store with all the free goodies they want to give like ice cream. It's always like some kind of sugary thing too, like <laughs> the flu shot and free ice cream. <laughs> it's like, that, that's the yeah. last thing you yeah. want. If yeah. you're going to be reducing and suppressing your immune mm-hmm. system to make you more likely to get a respiratory infection, the last thing your body needs is a big dose white sugar just to help weaken it just a little bit more. And that's kind of funny, right? Because if the focus is on health, that sort of just seems completely ironic to me. And that's not the first one I've seen. I saw another one. It's like the flu vaccine and free candy, like for kids or something. And I'm like, this is so ironic. This is supposed to be about health. And I know everybody listening is probably like, oh my God, yeah, I've seen that too. Uh, You talked about this, about the senior citizens, how there's really no proof that the flu vaccine... um, actually shows positive safety or efficacy for elderly. And it says that in that Cochrane report also, where they also say, you just were talking about this, there's no evidence that vaccinating healthcare workers prevents influenza in elderly residents. Now this was in long-term healthcare facilities, but you know how they make that mandatory for everybody. Mm -hmm. And they're saying there's no proof that that actually does anything. And yet it's a condition of your employment, which many people are uncomfortable with. I know. I know a lot of uh, nurses groups and and some physicians groups are trying to fight against mandatory hospital policies. And some people have actually sued and won their their cases, you know, against hospitals for this. And I just I'm so perplexed why the science is very clear that there's no evidence that the vaccine prevents transmission. Yet when you're like a hospital board or a hospital, you know, a, a committee trying to make these policies, they just can't grasp the idea that a vaccine doesn't help that. Like to them, the vaccine right. has to help that. Or a medicine, right? Like, a there's medicine no way vaccine. it can't help. I mean, you know, the, we just have to assign all these magical abilities to these vaccines. And once that's implanted in a doctor's minds, then of course the next step is that all doctors and medical personnel have to get this treatment. Um, and again, I mean, most people know, but I mean, big pharma, they, they give a lot of donations, a lot of supports and grants to hospitals and mm-hmm. they help support hospitals and the whole pharmaceutical industry helps support our, our, our healthcare industry. And I just got to wonder if this is sort of, I, I, it's probably more subconscious, but this is how these, these hospital boards are giving back by, again, by mandating the products that have no science to back them up. And it, that'll bug me until the day I die. I don't know if I'll fix it. You know, before I die, but we're going to keep trying. Right? But if you're supplementing with vitamin D, you won't die from influenza. Yes, excellent. So that's Thank good. You. And I won't now because I'm going to boost my levels up. There you go. Uh, the The last study I want to mention is that this Canadian study. So in this Dr. Mercola article, he kind of goes through all these different studies to give different mm-hmm. types of research to kind of verify and mm-hmm. connect why vitamin D helps, uh, is more effective than the flu vaccine. But this Canadian study in, two th- um, in 2008 showed that people that got the flu vaccine were twice as likely to get the 2009 flu. Mm -hmm. So by getting it the year before, by getting that vaccine, they were twice as likely, meaning you are not only did this not protect you, but you have a higher chance now, twice as likely to actually get influenza, which was the thing you were vaccinated for. Um, And of course, in 2009, the swine flu was a very serious strain that caused, uh, you know, a lot of risk and scare. And, um, I just posted about this on my Facebook recently, but this, uh, the American Thoracic Society uh, posted a study about children that said if you get an annual flu shot as a child, you are three times higher risk of hospitalization for influenza. Wow. And now this is specializing in kids that have asthma, but they were talking about general kids and they said for asthmatics, it's even worse. So an average child has a three times increased likelihood for hospitalization with from influenza if you get an annual flu shot. Because remember that other study that talked about 
Uh, it's most effective if you have not gotten a flu shot in five years. Okay. If you're getting them on a regular basis, you're actually decreasing the likelihood for it to work okay. on a subsequent year. So these children have three times higher likelihood for hospitalization if you're getting the annual flu vaccine. I mean, it would make any parent wonder, right? Like, yeah. Or question, like, why are we getting it then if it's well, not What was helping. that about asthma? That it's even wor- that risk is even higher for asthmatics. So if you have asthmatics and you get a flu shot, you have an even higher, higher risk than three of getting times. hospitalized, right? For a respiratory higher than three infection. Times, yeah. That's so ironic because it is asthmatic kids are the the first people that the flu shot was designed of for. Well, elderly too, though, right? Yeah, and yeah. it just you just said there's no proof yeah. that it works for yeah, elderly. They said you have to give that flu shot to everyone with asthma because you know if they get the flu, they're toast. And what what research yeah. is showing that that the opposite. And then I love how these conclusions will be like, not to say the flu vaccine's bad, but more research needs to be done. It's like, well, you literally just said the flu vaccine's not working. (laughs) And then it'll be like, not to conclude, because, you know, they have to sort of cover their bases. So if people don't know, vitamin D deficiency is linked to a lot of things. It's linked to Alzheimer's, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, depression, autoimmune disease, preterm births, and many other chronic diseases. So this is not something to take lightly. This is not just about influenza. This is about overall health, overall well-being. And like I mentioned on that other one, the big things I say about um, ways to stay healthy, you know, to prevent these kind of things, vitamin D, and then eliminate white sugar or almost reduce, you know, reduce it or almost eliminate it completely. Because um, even Dr. Mercola's article talks about how sugar reduces the function of your immune system. And the goal should be how to get your immune system to work well, not how to cover it up. Like, let me give my kid ice cream while they get the flu vaccine, because that flu vaccine is going to keep them from getting sick, because I don't want them to get sick, I want them to be healthy. But I just gave them sugar, which just reduced their immune system. And it's like this awful cycle. Mm. And then people just get more likely more susceptible to other sicknesses, spreading around to other kids that come home and spread them to families and babies that are in those families. So this is like actually um, something that people should be taking very seriously because this does affect society. And um, the sun exposure, natural sun exposure, you said is the way to go. If not, yeah. supplement or, you know, check your yeah. levels. You know, go go uh, eat lunch outside every day. I mean, it's the hottest part of the day, but if you're sitting out there for 20 minutes, you know, that's a lot of vitamin a D. A lunch to yourself every day. Oh my God, that oh, sounds yeah. amazing. Doesn't, doesn't that, everybody oh, get oh, that? I'm sorry, is that what you get every week? Yeah. That's so nice. I mean, I'm working hard at my job. Then you know, why do you have vitamin I see D patients, deficiency? <laughs> and then I, you know, I, you know, make my lunch. I go sit outside. Actually, oh. actually I, I have a beach chair in my trunk of my Wait, car. by yourself though? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, nobody's nagging amazing. you? You should nobody's, try oh, Okay, yes, should I should do that. My lunch would be at like two o'clock during nap time every day, just late, just to get that time. But, uh, but vitamin D, basically, if you didn't understand at the end of this episode, that vitamin D is the way to go. It's a preventative. It works. It, it's, there's so much scientific data to back it up. You can check all these different articles out. Again, the Dr. Mercola article is called Vitamin D is More Effective Than Flu Vaccine, Study Says. The Harvard Gazette posted, study confirms vitamin D protects against colds and flu. And that was in 2017. And that talks about what we talked about today. And then the Dr. John Cannell um, study is called Epidemic Influenza and Vitamin D. These are the links will be there for you guys um, mm-hmm. to go through. But personally, I feel like this stuff is so valuable um, to understand how to keep you and your children healthier and maybe to prevent against those illnesses that people are still worried about if you are opting out of the vaccine and you still want to yeah. make sure that you are targeting it. And, and if go visit our other episode too about. Um, health and immunity if you want more ways to kind of like boost it. But yeah, I want to also just throw out, you know, Dr. Mercola has been long known and and respected in the field of nutrition, Mm -hmm. nutrition and and healthy immunity. And um, something I didn't know, and he mentions that if you're supplementing with vitamin D and you're having a hard time getting your levels up, um, you might need to take more, uh, add more uh, vitamin K2. Right. Uh, and magnesium, magnesium in your yeah. diet, and those can uh, help increase your vitamin D levels. Um, I did not. I might have to look into that. But um, I never like relying on one thing. You sure. can't just stay inside all day and take a bunch of vitamin D. I mean, you have to be outside. You have to be eating healthy. But if you're not um, eating healthy and you're not going outside, definitely take uh, yeah, vitamin yeah. D. <laughs> but I, I would say even if you're going outside and eating healthy, yeah. take vitamin D as well. Yeah. And, I think, yeah, so I think we should tell people, you know, I mean, how much and, and what kind. I mean, I okay. um, I don't know what the best, you know, uh, brand is of vitamin D or the best kind. I tend to tell people to find a, a, 
uh, if it's for a kid, find a, a drop mm-hmm. where every dose is one drop and is in some sort of oil. Right. And and so like I mean you can buy I, there's one brand I've seen it's like the ingredients literally are vitamin D and olive oil. That's all that's in there. So I use and, KAL is the name of the company, Cal, okay. um, and they have 2,000 IU drops, which is what yeah. I give Yeah, 2,000 per drop. Right, right. and it's liquid, right. and you can get it at your natural food store. Um, yeah. If you get it on Amazon, they only have the vitamin D with the K2, D3 with okay. K2, which is okay, because right. that's not a bad thing anyway. Uh, you won't be able to find their brand, but you can find it in like a Whole Foods or a natural food market. Um, easy for kids, and, and you could okay. literally, they could just take it by the drop. They don't have to hide it in something. It's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, I feel comfortable telling people to give their their like toddlers and, and preschoolers and, and children easily, you know, two thousand units, like like one drop of a two thousand right. unit uh, product. Um, maybe not every single day. I mean, maybe a few days a week. I mean, if you've checked your levels and 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 you and you need to raise your level, then your doctor is probably going to tell you to take two thousand every single day if you're a child. But if you don't know your levels. Um, you, you probably, you could take 2000 very safely, at least a few times a week. Um, and if you're, if you're an adult, they say take 5,000 a day right? just for basic health. That's what I do. If you're low, you have to take like 10,000 right. a day or more, um, to raise the levels up. And this is going to sound high to people who look at the back right. of a multivitamin. Right. This so is don't, high I don't want you to freak regular. out yeah. because just remember that a lot of what doctors recommend right now is lower than we might actually need. And right. certain things, even like magnesium, it's like magnesium used to be in the soil. And so we didn't need to supplement with magnesium because the, the, fruits and vegetables that you were getting from the ground had enough of that. It's not like that anymore. Mm. And because of our lifestyle and things that people aren't outside as much, they're not getting the right levels of vitamin D and they're not assimilating the right way. So some of this seems like, well, that's not what my doctor said, or that's not what the multivitamin says. Just remember some things have changed. And as we know, some things doctors recommend are a little outdated. Yeah. Um, This is one of them. Yeah. uh, You know, vitamins typically have only 400 units of vitamin D in it. Which is teeny. And some adult ones might have 800 units, but again, you have to take a lot more than that, you know, uh, um, on a daily basis. And if, if you have a, a young baby, um, a lot of people will say start giving newborns vitamin D drops, like a 400 unit vitamin D drop for a newborn baby every day. Um, even though that seems like that might be a good idea, I, I mean, and everyone kind of recommends that for newborns. So I kind of always question, well, if it's a newborn and you're trying to keep their gut, you know, healthy Mm -hmm. and pure and only give colostrum and then only give breast milk, I'm not sure if we should be giving actual newborns something artificially generated. But could the mother supplement and she's breastfeeding? Yeah, so that's why a a mom, you're pregnant, you should get your levels checked. You should supplement appropriately, make sure you have good levels during pregnancy. Um, And then during breastfeeding, a mom should, you know, take a good amount of supplementation. Certainly when the baby starts getting foods in their gut, so it's no longer just breast milk, they're getting food, then yeah, six months, you can certainly add a vitamin D drop, whether it's 400 units or whether you're going to do maybe a thousand a few days a week on, on a, you know, on a, on a six month old baby. You know, you can ask your doctor if you should start your two month old baby on infant drops. I mean, a lot of that might just depend on on the mom's level or depend on a lot of things. But um, but also if your so, kid's getting sick a lot, like if you notice yeah, yeah, your kid yeah. gets sick so yeah. easily, that would be my first cue that I need to yeah. go look into that because people yeah. don't ever think of that being yeah. a real thing. But like if your kid is the one that always catches the colds when other people don't, I would immediately yeah. look into reducing sugar and supplementing with vitamin yeah. D and see if you notice a change over time. And Mercola also talks about uh, garlic as, as showing actual research that, that shows it reduces the duration of illnesses by about a day. And he says that's about the same as uh, taking um, antiviral prescriptions for the flu. They reduce your symptoms by about a day. But it so. also reduces your friendships by, about, <laughs> by, by more than that. <laughs> I know, I know. So, well, there's garlic. He talks about vitamin C. He talks about uh, zinc and oregano oil. All right, this crazy yeah. herbal stuff. All I these no natural what remedies. What? But yeah, it's kind of a good article at the end. He really kind of hits you with a number of things. And he sources everything. Take. He's yeah, got all the links yeah. to everything in this article, yeah. too. So, um, you guys, there's so much you can do. I mean, you don't have to take these illnesses lying down. You can prevent. (laughs) No pun intended. Where's our drum kit? What's funny is there really was no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Like you literally don't. I know. Um, No, but, um, uh, I mean, there's so much you can do preventatively before you get sick. And there's a lot you can do when you do get sick. Let's be smart about it. And you don't just have to rely on, on pharmaceuticals, um, 
Anyway, is that anything else interesting? I don't think so. No. I think I think all of that was so interesting yeah. that we've yeah. like hit our interesting quota for the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's. I, I've been asked about this a lot, so that's why okay. I thought this is the time. Right. Everybody's getting bombarded with flu shot stuff right now, so this yeah, is yeah, the time yeah. to talk about it. But it's it, so so funny. I mean, every single year, it's all about the flu shot. We've said this already, but I would just love to see. Um, you know, uh, uh, wash your hands a lot, right. uh, take extra vitamin D, go outside, get extra sunlight, eat less sugar, be careful at totally. Halloween, you don't totally. overload on sugar, don't overload at Christmas or Hanukkah or the whole holidays, don't overload with all the junk and, and, you know, talk to your doctor about getting a flu shot and that, you know, ask your doctor, why can't it be like the other commercials, you know, mm-hmm. ask your doctor if the flu shot's right for you instead of come to our, you know, our, the street corner, we're giving out, you know, free flu shots. I mean, and candy. yeah, and candy. <laughs> I mean, there's so much we should be talking about instead of just the flu. And then that's probably why we're And even the vitamin C it. protocol, which is what we talked about yeah. on the other one. If you do come down with something, how can you yeah. minimize that and keep that from being an urgent care trip yeah. or over yeah. the counter medication? How can you keep your kids learning how to fight things off quickly and easily and naturally? That's what we need to be talking mm-hmm. about. So it's like yeah. prevent it with vitamin D, treat it with vitamin C and know how to do it appropriately and keep yeah. your kids healthy and keep everybody else healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily require 69 doses yeah. of <laughs> vaccines for yeah. all these things. Um, anyway. Well, you guys, uh, we realized uh, last week, uh, or by the time we aired this, maybe a couple of weeks ago, our website was down. Our website was like totally messed up for a little while. So, but if you were like totally wanting to donate <laughs> like, and, like and you're just like 35 like, to $40,000 on like a one-time payment that, that if that was you, I know <laughs> it's back up, right? Yes. The website is back okay. up. You can go ahead and make so, those donations, but, and we will be in great need of those donations. Uh, once we want to do the thing, I can't tell you that we, <laughs> that, that we want to do. Uh, but yeah, we so appreciate it. You know, I, I get an email every time we get a donation and, you know, patients, some people will mail checks into the office to avoid the, you know, the donation fees. And, and I love getting those checks. I always take pictures and, and text the picture to Melissa. And, and to clarify, like, he loves getting them, not yeah. because he's like, oh yeah, I'm getting a check, but like, right. because of what it means as far as what we're able to do. Yeah. And, and that you guys are out there and that this is important to you yeah. and that you, you want us to do more and you want us to spread the word all, you know, all over the country, all over the world. So you mean by taking uh, trips, like all over the country, what? What are you talking about? That you're not. Crazy. You're nope. not supposed to be talking about these I things. Know. Yeah. So that's totally this not hypothetical. Yeah. Um, completely. Anyway. <laughs> should we cut that part? Or no. We, cut no, what? Right? What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Of course. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode on health, immunity, vitamin D, and influenza, and how natural supplementation may be doing more for us as a society than adding some type of pharmaceutical product on top of it. <gasps> Shocking. Yep. And if you want to hear more, check out season one on our immunity episode. I don't remember what that one was, but yeah. had a lot of good facts in there, too, about how to stay healthy. And and, I, and, and re-listen to the flu episodes. I mean, yeah. what we said last year still applies this year. If you want to actually hear all, all those data on, on the flu vaccine, just go back to flu season of episode one, whenever, you know, November we did it or something. November to June. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thanks, you guys. We'll see you next time on the Vaccine Conversation. Information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as medical advice. Always consult your healthcare professional for information on vaccines and infectious diseases.